will be in Second Peter chapter one, and I'll be reading verses one through nine this afternoon. Second Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, by which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Well, we'll stop right there in the reading and uh, look at the passage uh, this afternoon. We want to consider our like precious faith. Our like precious faith. As we know that in Christ we do have a like precious faith. One that has been given to us by grace and through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is, of course, the hope of our calling that we continue to trust in the Lord, realizing that the very things that we hope for are realized in Jesus. And so this afternoon we have obtained like precious faith through Jesus. And we see that in verse 1 that Paul, uh, excuse me, Peter uh, mentions this as he calls himself a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Secondly, a blessing of grace and peace rests on our lives as we know that this uh, blessing of grace and peace is uh, truly given to us by his divine power. That is, we do have a new nature in Christ and that that new nature is to be producing fruit which is in godliness. 
And then thirdly, partakers of the divine nature and godly virtues. In this we find that as we are partakers of that the divine nature that Christ has, has brought into our lives, then we are to give diligence to the more godly virtues that are mentioned here in this passage concerning those virtues which characterize the believer as being not only separate from the world but no longer partakers of the lust of the world which defines the unsaved. So I'd like to look at these several areas this afternoon. First of all, Simon Peter calls himself a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with all with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Well, we do know that Peter doesn't elevate himself. Rather, he puts himself on the level of a bond slave. And we know the bond slave was a willing slave. It was not one that was just purchased, but one who willingly committed himself unto service to his master. And of course, Peter is taking that particular title uh, because out of great humility, he wanted to serve the Lord. As he himself, of course, knew Jesus in his walk, but you find that because of various uh, circumstances that took place in Peter's life, um, he became humbled because of those things and that he took on this servanthood and this servanthood meant that he would truly commit himself to his apostleship as a true born servant would commit himself to his own master and so we find that Simon Peter calls himself this a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith. So he is he doesn't mention the church that he is writing to. He just mentions that he is writing to those who have obtained like precious faith. Much the same as when we come together and we continue in fellowship and in faith together. We are with those of like precious faith. And Peter was writing to those of like precious faith. Those who are believers. Those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. And of course that is what he goes on to say. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. And so he identifies himself with those who were not only followers of God, but had the righteousness of God by faith through Jesus Christ. There was no ambiguity in what he is saying. He made, made it very clear who he was in fellowship with 
and who he found his true faith resting in. And so having obtained this faith and having this fellowship with other believers, he wanted to bring to them a word of encouragement and of exhortation that they would remain in that same faith. In verse 2 he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As is in many of the epistles, grace and peace are a theme which runs in the epistles, whether it be the epistles of Paul or Peter, we find that these are favorite themes and they are rightly so because we find that without the grace and peace of God we would truly be lacking indeed but because we do have the peace of God he says multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and so one of the areas that each believer is to realize is the knowledge that they can have through Jesus Christ our Lord that knowledge of God that knowledge of their walk of faith the knowledge of their saviorhood in Christ the sonship that we have through him and faith of course is that sum total of those things which we hold dear in Christ our Lord And so the Apostle's prayer, if you will, for his readers is that grace and peace be multiplied to them. And so we find that this is a kind of greeting as well as a kind of prayer that the Apostle would use. And we often use the same kind of peace. May the peace of God be with you. Or that we might ask that God's grace would be with someone or some people that we know. And he wants them to have, of course, this knowledge. uh, This this knowledge of this, this sustaining grace of God in their everyday lives. He wants their hearts to be guarded, guided by that peace and that grace which God alone can give and of course to be multiplied unto them grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and so uh, secondly um, we see here that he again addresses the Christians along the lines of a blessing but also in the Christian virtues which they are enjoying the Christian virtues and so this Christian virtue aspect is one which is important to the character and witness and testimony of each Christian He says in verse 3, According to the divine power, according as his divine power, has given unto us all things 
that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And so he gives a testimony here to the fact that it is through God's divine power, the, the new nature which we have in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so this, this new nature in Christ, this divine power which God hath bestowed upon us, is one which God means for us to enjoy and to realize of the peace of God. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And so he, he credits that these, uh, the, this divine power will not only minister to us life and godliness, but that this life and godliness is to be evident because of our relationship to Jesus Christ. Life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. To glory, that we might glorify the Lord. To virtue, that we might live out this life of godliness and that we might truly bless our Savior in our servanthood for him. In verse 4 he says, By which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, here again, um, he uses that like phrase, obtain like precious faith, and then he says, great and precious promises. And so twice he has uh, used this word uh, to indicate the value of the virtue of which Christ has bestowed upon us as his servants. Great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. And again, he talked about this divine power in verse 3, and now he talks about the divine nature in verse 4. And so we have obtained these things because of God's divine power in salvation, and because of the divine nature which we become partakers of through Christ. He says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lost or lustful desires. And we find that the corruption, of course, that is in the world is in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is in those things which the world is full of and corrupt, and corrupt things that is they lust after many things and we find that we have escaped we have escaped that corruption through Christ um, and even though we still find ourselves um, affected by the things around us such as these worldly corruptions we know that Ultimately, through Christ, our escape is because of his divine power and because of the divine nature which we are partakers of. Uh, so God does not um, take back what he has given to us. He has given to us those great and precious promises. 
He has given to us the precious faith which we hold dear to. And he has promised us that by these you might be partakers of this divine nature. And so in verse 5, he brings this uh, sense of excitation to us that we might be aware um, that this life of godliness which we have obtained is one which is to be to the glory of God. To glory and virtue, as he said at the end of verse 3, and now in verse 5, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. And so this life of godliness is to be enhanced by the virtue of knowledge. And the knowledge is, of course, in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so this knowledge which Christ gives to us and would have us to work out in our life is that knowledge which enables us to give glory to him, to be uh, as believers who trust in Christ. Um, So we have obtained the like precious faith of Jesus. A blessing of grace and peace rests upon our lives because of the divine power and the divine nature and we are to be partakers of the divine nature and godly virtues partakers of that divine nature and godly virtue now I would say that these things don't come automatically I mean obviously we should have a greater bent toward these divine divine virtues these, these, uh, these virtues that he speaks about But we know that we will have to pay close attention to our walk with God for these to show themselves. And so he mentions it here. He says, and to knowledge, self-control. And and so this this self-control or temperance that he talks about here is important, isn't it? That we, we find that we're going to encounter various things in our life and and so we will have to be temperate concerning those things we'll have to exercise some self-control and so the knowledge of Jesus Christ the knowledge of his divine power in us which is the spirit of God no doubt the knowledge of the divine nature which is in us which is the being born from above John chapter 3 the fact that we have been brought into the family of God these things should add to us not only faith and virtue but knowledge knowledge in Christ and that we might live a life of self-control and being temperate and so self-control and to self-control patience and so to this uh, this sense of self-control we have to be patient and in, in other words enduring we must to be enduring, endure. Um, he's not talking about setting at a at a red light here. He's talking about considering that we're going to have to endure some things. 
There may be some temptations we'll have to endure. There may be some trials we'll have to endure. There may be some sufferings we'll have to endure to exercise these virtues. But whatever it is God means for us to endure, we have to be faithful in exercising that self-control. Self-control, patience, and then it says, and to patience, godliness. Or, you know, we could say God-likeness, but of course we never shall attain to being like God. But we should attain to giving a, being, living a, a like life as Jesus Christ would have us to live. A like life. That is, of sacrifice and of service and of considering our walk with God and how we are to endure all things for Christ's sake, a sense of true godliness in our life. We can't do it if we give uh, away to the lustful desires of the world. In verse 7, and to godliness brotherly kindness. So he adds, he keeps adding more. To self-control he adds patience. To patience he adds godliness. To godliness he adds, he adds brotherly kindness. Uh, being, being thoughtful, esteeming others greater than yourself. Not going about to be talebearers and gossipers and other people's matters but being full of kindness toward your brother in Christ and to brotherly kindness love each of these adding one to the other the important aspects of our Christian virtue the divine nature if you will which Christ means for us to live out. And so we have these various virtues, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity, or love. And as you can see, each one of them are, are very important. They're, <coughs> they're very much a part of the Christian Character which is to be demonstrated, and that the love of God might be truly made known unto others through our lives. And remember, these are great and precious promises, and these are, he is writing to those who obtain like precious faith. And so, he, it is really a very nice. Um, encouragement to other believers to remind them of these things because it takes us back to Christ and to the faith and virtue which we have in, in Him. In verse 8, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. If these things be in you and abound, well, we perhaps you think of John chapter 15 and how that John 
chapter 15 relates that we are similar to a vine wherein Christ is the vine and we are the branches and that Jesus would have us to be plentiful and bear fruit but in that uh, analogy we find the the vine dresser must prune off some things and so the pruning process will produce good fruit that we might not be barren but be fruitful and to be fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ for if these things be in you and abound if these virtues be demonstrated in our lives and abound what is the, the end but they would make you fruitful they would make you fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and then in verse 9 but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins well if we look at verses 3 through 8 and realize these are encouragements to something then verse 9 becomes a warning against something and that is that we cannot afford to be blind toward these virtues or the exhortations that God gives to us he says if you lack these things but he that, but he that lacketh these things is blind the condition is, 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 is terrible really you think of somebody who is blind they're handicapped and not just handicapped but because of blindness there is a great deficiency in their lives they have to make have to create other coping skills to deal with their situation and as believers we are not to be like the blind who cannot see afar off and what what else is the case here is they have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins and so this believer this Christian who was supposed to be holding on to those great and precious promises if they do not pay attention to those promises which God has given to them the precious promises which he would make manifold in our lives by his grace and by his peace then he is not only blind but he has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins and so definitely that kind of person is not living the victorious Christian life but a deficient one but it comes as a warning it is not something that has to be it's only something that could be could happen in one's life if they allowed that they did not pay attention to their relationship with Christ and so he tells them to be aware of that and then verse 10 wherefore the rather brethren give diligence 
to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. And so it is by these uh, great and precious promises, these the preciousness of one's faith, and the divine power which God enables us, and the divine nature which we are to be living, these virtues can be manifest. And they will, they will truly manifest in our lives such a life that God would be pleased with our calling, with our true salvation, and the hope that we have in eternal life. I'll read verse 11 in closing. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus, of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the end result. The hope and uh, end result is that we shall truly be in that kingdom with our Lord and Savior. And it will be a, an everlasting kingdom, one that we will partake of with him forever and ever. And so let these things be uh, an encouragement to you that you may carefully consider and that you may truly make your calling in Christ and your election in Christ sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. So let us look to the Lord in prayer as we close this section of our study in Peter. Father, do thank you that these words come to us with a great deal of impact a great deal of introspection that we might consider how we are living, how we are serving, and whether or not we are fully aware of the great and precious promises which have been given to us and of the precious faith that we hold dear, of the divine power of God which has brought us into the family of God, of the divine nature which enables us to live after these virtues and with these virtues in mind and with the hope of our calling in view and of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior that we might make a full entrance into that kingdom for the glory of God. Father, we thank you and praise you and ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen.